0: Amen. I'm Merlin. And we're gay. And his NB. Episode number 65. Thank you all so much for listening to another episode of A Gay and His NB, where we talk about everything that we are watching on television this week. Um, we are so excited to be presenting you another episode. Before we get into everything that we have to say, a few housekeeping notes that we always do to get out of the way first. Uh, first, be sure to leave a rating and a review wherever you listen to us, whether that be on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, uh, across the podcast platforms. Uh, It's so incredibly helpful to us whenever you do that because it helps us get into the algorithm, helps us get seen by more and more people, and it also gives us uh, much necessary feedback uh, in terms of everything that we want to present to you guys. So, yeah, so if you can take that time right now and leave that rating and a review, it will be very much appreciated. Uh, You can also follow us on social media over at, again, is MB on Twitter, facebook instagram tiktok and threads where we're posting new content every day including clips from the podcast as well as some of our instant thoughts on things that we're watching um that we were posting a lot of great stuff this week as well so um it's a great time that more than ever if you j- love what you're hearing on the podcast to also go follow us across social media at again nb uh you can also get merchandise from us over at again there you can get a uh uh, different designs that we have on a variety of different items, including t shirts and mugs and stickers and a variety of different things. Merlin's put the designs together and they are amazing. Uh, so be sure to pick something up there over at againisnb.threadless.com. And finally, if you have any questions for us you would like us to answer on a future episode of the podcast, you can submit that across our social media platforms or at againisnb.gmail.com. At um, If you have anything that you would like us to answer on a future episode of podcast, send that in. Um, We would love to do that at some point in time. So be sure to get your questions in. Um, So that's the housekeeping out of the way first. Uh, Babe, what are we talking about on this episode? We're switching things up a little bit. A little bit, yeah.
1: Because of uh, the Thanksgiving holiday, uh, there were some things that didn't come on last week. So uh, well, and then we also had the ending of uh, Big Brother UK. So we're down two shows. We're mm. down to only five to review right now. So uh, we invited um, Real Housewives of Potomac over to this first episode of the week uh, to give us a, a Sunday Night Bravo like extravaganza here on this first episode for the week. Uh, so we're going to talk about um, married to medicine, where sweet tea becomes married to medicine. She's my love. To- She's married T at this point. Um, but before we get to the, that, as I mentioned a second ago, let's talk about Real Housewives of
0: Potomac. Real Housewives of Potomac for this week. I also kind of, I mean, both the fact that these two shows aired on the same day, but also the fact that um, I think it provides a great contrast because I've been loving to marry Mary to medicine as of late. It's been, I think, one of the top shows right now on Bravo. And this episode of Potomac was not great. It was... <laughs> Yeah, I've uh, I've not, I feel like it's crazy to, th- to talk about a Potomac episode that didn't hit.
1: Like, I don't think it was that bad, but I, I don't think it was great.
0: I think it's uh, here is the thing: were there moments? Yes, I think Karen will get to it. Like carried this episode on her back. Like yeah. like it, if it wasn't for Karen, this episode would have been like utterly terrible. Like yeah, but I feel like. Huh? There's a lot of structural problems with this show right now that I huh. think are coming to the surface. Huh?
1: That that's interesting. That there's continually problems on. The, like there was this problem last season with like weird editing and things like that. And then <laughs> I seem to remember there being a problem on Atlanta this past season. It didn't of seem being very similar. Edison. You know.
0: It's almost like they were to produce by the same... Ca-
1: oh! <laughs> <laughs> Fucking
0: truly original strikes again. I really think so. Like, I... to
1: scrap truly.
0: And it's not just the, the editing of the show. I think, you know... It's it,
1: clear favoritism. It's like...
0: And it's also, like, not sitting down with this cast at a certain point and being like, look, like, Karen. Karen tries her damnedest this episode to be like, guys, we need to still be an ensemble cast if we're looking to like have a show and like sort of maintain things. And, but no, no, I feel like, I genuinely feel like no one on production has been like, Hey, Giselle, um, you have to like look at people that you don't like. Yeah. And like th- it, it becomes an issue at a certain point. Yeah, it really does. And then, and that's, that's just touching on like the structural stuff. Like we'll get to it, you know, throughout this episode of some of the, wonky editing well the one i was gonna say wonky editing but also like the big story point of this episode which a lot of people have been having issue with in the build-up and it didn't it didn't assuage any of those issues because it's not great in terms of content um speaking of the source of that so we start the episode and Neca is picking up ike from the airport because ike does travel medicine he's basically out of town like like twice a month uh, for like a week's period, so like that's part of it. And she talks about how like she's trying to like test, you know, you, she's keeping track of her ovulation to like time it correctly because they want to have a baby and stuff like that. Fine enough. Um, I'm just gonna say it. I, I'm I I don't think Neca's working on this show whatsoever. But not just from what we'll get to later. But like I find her scenes. I don't like. I've told you that I find her scenes so stunted. Like yeah. she she talks. She talks like she's reading a script. Yeah. She really kind of does. And maybe that's just like, and who knows? It could be first season jitters. It could be your personality, whatever. But it just, it, it just feels like they're working through a scene, particularly the scenes with her and Ike. Like, yeah, I don't feel like a natural chemistry between the two of them. Yeah. And we'll sort of hit on it later. I think in next week where like, you know. It, it the way they fight is also very weird and how short-tempered they are it's very it's very
1: wooden yeah like there's no life there
0: and it but also if there was like i i need to know that you guys love each other and like i don't really get that vibe
1: yeah that should be your focus when you first come on a show as a couple like show us your your marriage. Right. Don't come on and immediately start attacking one of the housewives. Sure, like, there's that.
0: <laughs> um, But Karen calls her while they're in the car to invite her to pickleball because she's getting everyone together for the pickleball thing that she was organizing last uh, episode. We'll get to the pickleball. I <laughs> I both thought it was the better use of pickleball on Bravo and also the worst. I'm conflicted.
1: But we also finally found out After the last, like, what, two years of continual pickleball mentioning that pickleball is just tennis?
0: Oh, well, I always knew that.
1: I had no clue what pickleball was.
0: They've done some scenes where they've actually played it. Have they? Yeah. I've not seen them. It's basically tennis. It's it's tennis with, like... It's, like, halfway between tennis and, like, ping pong. It's like if tennis was worse. It just really is if tennis was worse. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Karen, air Professional. Listen, somebody has to bring this group back together. Candace and Ashley need healing. Candace and Giselle need healing. For me, it's me and Robin. And Juan, you know, is the Don Juan right now wandering all over the city. We a mess.
1: <laughs> it was great.
0: Not wandering all over the city. Like I said, Karen was bringing the funny yeah. throughout and, and, you know, carrying the loud. So then Neca, after she gets off the phone with Karen, tells uh, Ike, like, so, like, Karen said, like, all the ladies, right? So, like, that also means Wendy. And then, so she retells the story from last episode um, with the whole her mother or Wendy's mother going after her sister-in-law. I don't even, like, it's so It's so bungled at this point, too, by the way. Like, what? I'm I'm still not quite sure what the timeline is here. She said, okay, so she says that. This was two weeks before Ashley's event at her house. But here's my question. That was the, the lunch that Ashley and and Neca had where Ashley misremembered Neca saying the OCU stuff. Quote unquote. That would have been in between then. Right. Right. It had to, like, it wasn't that like extendedly, you know, long ago. My, that's my frustration with the Neca part, which is like, she does. She uh, doesn't operate in that Ashley lunch, at least from what we've seen. As if this stuff with her mom, with Wendy's mom, has already happened. Right. And it just kind of seemingly gets brought up. So, like, what the fuck? Like, well, and she doesn't act like that at the luncheon either. Yeah, and, and well, and, and but but then Wendy gets critiqued for acting as if she didn't know Necca, But it's like again, Necca's acting as if she didn't know Wendy. So, like, what the. But
1: then in confessionals, we have Wendy – or not Wendy – NECA basically pulling out the, the whiteboard with the 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 conspiracy theory board with all the string attachments. Like, this is how I know Wendy and blah, 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 blah. It's like, oh, okay.
0: Yeah. And we also see her FaceTiming – it was her cousin, by the way, that had the phone conversation with her mom. I, she We see her like FaceTiming her cousin to basically like, hey, say – it was essentially to her be like, hey, say the story on camera. But, like, then how is the, it... Like, but, again, was that before the Wendy... Uh, none of this timeline stuff makes sense in terms of, like, NECA's... It, and, and to me, like, that clouds NECA's intention with yeah. any of this. I can't believe there was, like, a positive intention of what NECA's doing here when there's times you're talking about it and there's times you're not. And then there's a certain people you're bringing it up with and there's certain people you're not. It's just... Yeah. But I it's know. just, like, why... Like,
1: also, when that, even if you're going to act like the conversation about Wendy potentially being Osu didn't happen, right. yeah, right? Fine, whatever. But you're still acting as if the phone call from her mother didn't happen and all of this. That's my. Th- if it all was all so- this bullshit didn't happen, like, you're acting to Wendy's face like none of this happened. And
0: why would you, like, that's my thing. It's like if it was so intimidating to you also right?
1: why didn't it come up at lunch with ashley
0: that well that's what i'm saying like it should have the, the that is the biggest plot hole that it didn't come up there but now it's suddenly being brought up i don't get it
1: yeah i don't it it just reeks of bullshit to me
0: yeah um and nek like you know i don't know why she wouldn't want me like interacting with like people in this group and ike's like maybe she sees you as a nigerian trying to like take someone's spot it's like it just feels like again it feels like they've been giving their, like, talking points. And, like, it, it, that's how it comes across to me in this scene. It doesn't feel lived. It also very much, um,
1: like, I, I know that there was some stuff in Wendy's first season that was really kind of focused on her heritage.
0: Right. And all of that. But it really hasn't come up. The last couple seasons? It hasn't come up on the show. I will say, people were noting, like, the whole, like, Osu, like, sort of, like, Wendy's connection of, like, possibly being Osu in, like, blogs and stuff like that had been brought up since she got on the show. Like, there were blogs posting stuff about that. But the fact that, again, the fact that it's only being brought up now. Right. So, like, why would it matter? But but that's irrelevant.
1: That's not... That is not central to the claim that Ike is making in this moment. Right. Which is that Wendy is jealous that another Nigerian woman, that another Ebo woman is coming on the show. It's like, okay, well, but that's not been central to her story. So why would that take over, take focus away from, from Wendy? I guess. Like, it is part of who Wendy is, yes, of course. But, like, it's not something that, like, is constantly being highlighted
0: right and i and i my conclusion at the end of this was also just the fact of like if it was that wendy was like oh you're clout chasing and you're thirsty or whatever you're kind of proving her point like like you know what i mean like the way she operates especially when we get to the pickleball event like um and then she goes again like so like karen said all the ladies and their husbands right i'm like you just said that like you just asked that question ike whatever and then she's like so that means like your old college pal, Eddie. And then Ike goes, "Yo, know, the one that disowned me. And then so now we find out that, according to NECA, not only does she know Wendy, but not know Wendy, but whatever. But now Ike also knows Eddie because they both went to University of Maryland together.
1: Never mind that they were four years apart. Yeah. Eddie would have been a senior when Ike was a freshman. Right. So they... Probably wouldn't have interacted.
0: But here's the thing. She said I was because I was so confused when we get to the end. But watching back this scene, like after the episode was done, I watched it back. She goes, they were in the African Student Association meetings. They know each other. She explicitly says they know each other. But again, when we'll get to it, I don't think they know each other. And then – so there's this whole debate now because then NECA is basically like – so after the shrine call happened, Eddie basically unfriended Ike on Facebook. And so that is sort of like proof to me that this thing is real because – like here's my proof because uh, Eddie unfriended Ike on on Facebook. One, why did Ike know that Eddie unfriended him on Facebook? Like again, how is he like stalking like – and. And the other confusing thing, we, we posted a TikTok about this. The other confusing thing is that they show a graphic of Eddie uh, with Ike as a friend, quote-unquote, on Facebook, and then him being unfriended.
1: Well, and I also will point out that they they actually don't show that. What they show is a picture of Eddie's profile where it says friends. It does not say anything on that screenshot. That this is from Ike's account. Well, that
0: but that's the other confusing thing. And there's also a dispute because when they show the friend one, it says underneath like 139 mutual friends or whatever. Right. But then when they show the one of them unfriended, it doesn't show that. So it makes there was a Twitter user that is like, is this from like two different accounts? Right. Because why would it be different? And also but but going back to it, why would you even have a screenshot of you being friends with Eddie? Right, if, if he seems, unfriended you.
1: It seems more like if you've got a screenshot legitimately from the same account of you being friends and then you not being friends. Yeah. It seems much more likely that you went onto the the account when you were friends, took a screenshot, unfriended him right. and then took another That's screenshot. That's the only
0: thing that makes sense.
1: Because why would you know to take a picture before he randomly unfriends you? Right. Right.
0: Yeah, it it makes no sense. It, it just makes no sense. And then neck or professional goes. It sounds like Wendy wears the skirt and the pants in the house. Too much shade. Is that mean? Like, and it just, it was so forced. But also, like, I love the critique of her being like, "Well, Wendy like bosses Eddie around." Like she says that later too as well. And it's like, literally, we've seen we're. At least see in the preview for next week, and we've seen throughout your time, short time on the show, multiple scenes where you're just chastising your husband and telling him to shut up. Ooh. So what are you arguing with? It doesn't make any sense. No um, sense. We go to – oh, God. So then we go to – it was just back-to-back scenes of crap. I think that's why I hated this episode, yeah. I realized. Uh-huh. Um Because I, like it was like – the pickleball thing took up like the whole second half and then it's just these scenes of the of things that i just did not care for which is that robin and giselle then go out for lunch um giselle uh at one point asked if juan's coming to the pickleball thing and and juan's like yeah you know he'll or, or robin's like yeah he'll be there and giselle's like you know of course you all the ladies they'll have their opinion as they should and robin goes I mean, as they should know, you know, we don't care about their opinion. Oh, we get it, Robin. We get it. Like, we we get it. You don't care. It's in your tagline. It's the thing you're going to say over and over. I'm so fed up with it. Like, like uh, uh.
1: Why, why do people think that not caring is a defense?
0: It's, <laughs> like, literally, that's the problem, Robin. The problem is that you don't care.
1: The problem, the problem is, is that you seem to show up to work checked out.
0: Yeah. And so, therefore...
1: And therefore, if you don't care, then I certainly don't give a fuck.
0: Yeah. And then Robin says, if they want to keep talking about Juan, 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 you know, I'm not going to stop them. Cut to later at the pickleball thing where she literally stops the conversation about the modest modest of conversations about Juan.
1: Well, and Juan also storms away from the conversation to avoid dealing with it.
0: I don't think she knows what words mean at this point. Like, I genuinely don't. Um, and then Robin's like, yeah, I know that, you know, you, you and Juan talked, you know, I couldn't really hear what you had said. She says, I couldn't have heard what you had said. And Giselle lays out that they did a podcast taping in Atlanta and Juan came and they had a conversation afterwards because Giselle wanted to make things right or, you know, settle things. Um, Giselle tells Robin, he kind of came for me and Robin goes, you said like, what, that he like yelled at you? Giselle goes, yeah because you had said that Giselle doesn't believe anything that you've told me. So like and and Giselle basically lays out essentially what that Juan had basically said like you know was so def- he, she said something about like he's a se- he said like oh I'm a sexual guy like anybody else which that's not a defense. Like what? If
1: anything it makes me seem it makes me believe the claims that you've been fucking all these women.
0: Yeah. He goes, she goes, he said, I did not. I did not. I did not, Giselle. I did not have sex with her. And I'm like, okay, you said it about four times. One time is enough. Like. <laughs> Honestly. But that sounds just like Juan. Like,
1: I mean, I believe you less with every time you say
0: it. Yeah. But like Giselle being like, yeah, he kind of like yelled at me. And Robin goes like, so like, like his hearing is like really bad. What? <laughs> from coaching. Because, like, he, like, yells so much. I'm sorry. Like, what... Uh, Robin, you know that you filmed, like, multiple scenes with him already this season, right? Where he clearly... And, and, and also in the scenes, he's like, yeah, you know. No, it's... It, uh, like, he doesn't yell. Like, his normal voice is not yelling. I I just...
1: I'm tired.
0: <laughs> it really, but it's like, it's so sad. I mean, I don't feel bad for Robin, but it's like, it's sad. Like you, that she's just willing to just fall on the sword for this guy. And then she says to her confessional, girl, stop. Juan was not yelling at you. He said like, I didn't stick my thing in her. Like, like something like that. But you just said you didn't hear the conversation. You literally explicitly said, I didn't hear what you said. You're fed up. Like I, I get. I get it. Like it's I'm just, just. I, it's exhausting. I, like I just. It's so monotonous, and, and that's why I think again it goes back to why this season is having so much issues. I feel like when Robin, when the Robin thing is so center, and it's not. It would be one thing if like we finally got like Candace confronting her and being like, "You fucking hit shit," and yet you know, um, uh put the intention off of you and use the shit with Chris that Giselle was bringing out to like, fucking move the right. attention. It would be one thing if if Candace was doing that. It would be one thing if Karen was fucking confronting her directly. But no, Robin, she doesn't really get confronted on anything, but then plays the victim as if she is right. And then, like, it's just like whiny and bitchy, and I'm just tired of it.
1: like well, and production's letting her do it, right? right. because they're they are still filming this as if that's because with anybody else there would have been lower thirds right there would have been shady lower thirds there would have been edits proving her wrong there would have been all of this stuff
0: yeah and there's like a couple here and there but it's more just but not that shade on her really right but to me like the whole point of having robin back uh, to me having robin back was a mistake in retrospect now, now it was a complete mistake if they would have actually had that more confrontational attitude going into this season where they were laying into her for her shit, then I think it would have been better. Like, well, but, but this is not working.
1: It, it's not working. And number two, it's also like laying the groundwork of you can steal money from Bravo and still be keeping your job. And
0: it's not getting punished for it.
1: Like, like, literally, she's not even demoted.
0: Yeah. Like, what the fuck? She needs to be gone next season. I, genu- If this keeps up in the way it's keeping up, which it seems likely, she needs to be gone next season. There's no value in her being on this show.
1: None. She's I don't not s- adding anything. No, not at all. And in fact, she's taking away from everything else.
0: Like with Giselle... G- Giselle, I can be like, okay, she adds certain things. I can right. say t- like tangible qualities in which she adds, and when she's at her best. Robin, what is she adding?
1: Robin honestly should have been a friend of for the last like three seasons.
0: Yeah, it's it's real bad. Um, but then Robin then goes, so um, like I probably shouldn't be telling you this. And Giselle goes, good, tell me. <laughs> of course, and then Robin basically tells Giselle what NECA told her about what the whole Wendy stuff and like the shrine and, bu- mm-hmm. and of course Giselle's fucking eating it up. She's she's known NECA for like two fucking seconds. And then like immediately believes her because it's against Wendy. It's right. so like, like there's no, like there's no evidence and they're just clearly like, yes, this is definitely what happened. Uh, Giselle goes. Uh, so she's a voodoo hexer. I mean, I hope it's not true, but like, it's beyond fucked up. It's like evil. And they do like the lightning striking and like the crazy graphics. It will get to it at the end. And I know you're going to have tons of opinions about this because of of opinions for obvious reasons, but like it's, it's... and for not obvious reasons, I have other
1: opinions as well. Okay.
0: Yeah. (laughs) But like, there's no, there's no deft hand that's being applied to this when it's a very serious fucking topic. Huh. Um, the, one of the few scenes I sort of liked, we go to Candace's house uh, and she's there with uh, Mama Dorothy. And I, I will say, I actually like that they're calmer with each other now. Like they seem to have a better dynamic. Like Candace says, like, with my music career and stuff like that, it feels like she sees me more... In a respectful manner, like, like I'm doing shit and, like, you know, making something of myself. And it just seems like, Dorothy's, see, I, I feel, I also feel like Dorothy's gotten, like, work done because they showed, like, flashbacks from, like, their, when they used to fight. It's, like, she doesn't look the same. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, like, she, she just seems lighter and, like, sort of, like, because Dorothy used to be a mess.
1: Yeah. Well, I also think that maybe Dorothy is, like, accepting the success of the show and accepting the success of Candace both on the show and as a musician. Right. Like Candace is saying and so she's less overbearing because she feels like she can take a step back and relax.
0: Yeah. I can see that. But she's so so Candace is talking about how stressful like the touring stuff is and how she doesn't want to she can't like pour in the same amount of money that she did for like, right. the first tour which was just about like getting exposed and stuff like that. Um, she's like, yeah, Chris was like screaming at me with like how much money that we we're spending. And so of course Dorothy asks, like, so what's like Chris doing? She, again, it's like, I mean, he's still doing like virtual classes and like private chef events. And Dorothy goes, so he's making money with that? Bitch. Candace goes, no, mom. He's not making anything, (laughs) like, being incredulous. And Dorothy's like, I'm not trying to be shady. I'm just –
1: Lies. (laughs) Lies of Benelli lies. Yeah.
0: Candace kind of lays out how, like, their schedules have been flipped now. And because Candace was used to be really upset last season about, like, his work schedule. And not having the sort of, like, time together, especially when they were trying to have kids and stuff like that. But now things are kind of in reverse. And, like, he uh, – I love that she's like, yeah, he basically quit the restaurant because, like, happy wife, happy life. Like, but like you know, I yeah, I I actually think their marriage is probably healthier than they give it credit.
1: I I really hope that all the bullshit from last season, yeah. didn't cause him to lose that job. At the I don't think
0: so. Now, now that I think about, like I I I hope it was that choice to to scale back or whatever,
1: but. I'm. I would be so pissed if I found out that it had anything to do with the fucking bullshit from uh, Giselle.
0: Yeah, and, and if that, I mean, Candace already doesn't fuck with her, but I would definitely at that point then not fuck with her.
1: And she would launch herself across the next time that she saw Giselle and like claw her face off. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and um, I'd be here for it. Dorothy asks about like how are you and Robin and Candace? Like, you know, I just I don't know how I feel. She sat, you know, being my, you, you know, having my back. And then she sat by her friend Giselle telling all these lies. She went from this is not who you are, Chris, to then humping the fence. And it's like, what is this about people humping fences this season? Like, I don't, it doesn't seem comfortable. Get
1: off that fence. No, get, get off of Karen. <laughs> well, I, I, Karen if you, is the fence. Stop humping
0: the fence. I was going to say, well, you could maybe stay on the fence, but like, why you got to hump it? Like, yeah, it's just, this is not. Just find a comfortable seat on the fence. Mm -hmm. Um, Candace is basically like, I don't believe her stories. You know, I believe that she was covering for one at the end of the day. And Dorothy's like, well, I mean, you can just have a conversation about it. You know, that's what adults do. And Candace goes, well, adults don't lie. And Dorothy goes, yes, they do. (laughs) It's like, she got it there. I was like, yeah, adults lie all the time.
1: (laughs) Well, but I think what Candace is getting at is that, like, with a certain level of maturity and owning your shit, you you stop the need to tell lies.
0: Right, that's true. Like, I, yeah, she doesn't live in her truth by any means. It's just, it's it's ridiculous. Uh, we go then to so Karen and Ray and Karen's assistant is getting set up for their pickleball event. I, also, at there I guess there's an. I didn't know there were pickleball specific courts. Like places that like there were just for pickleball. I guess. And it's did you notice that it's called Dill Dinkers? Oh, Lord. <laughs> I, I here's the thing. As someone who hates pickles, I hated this episode in the amount of pickle imagery here, but I did appreciate Karen being like, Oh, so we're going to pickleball. I'm just gonna make everything pickle themed. Like she had like giant jars of pickles and like
1: They they realize that pickleball is not named after
0: pickles. I don't know if she realizes that. And also, and so her and Ray are also both dressed in green. So they're calling themselves Mr. and Mrs. Pickle. And like, it, they like Karen is trying to make this fun. She's really trying. Um, I also had questions about the food spread because it was just pickles and then baked beans. Well, pickles have a very big place in the
1: barbecue. But it didn't. And baked beans are part of barbecue too. So I would, I, I would think that there was probably barbecue there
0: i i didn't see it unless i misremembered there was i didn't see any meat i didn't see any like yeah it seemed like just beans and pickles which i feel like is a terrible combination yeah by
1: itself yeah that's go. you go be gassy
0: you're going get farts and then you get pickle farts <laughs> um giselle then arrives karen and her are joking around and karen's like i mean you're more fun now with your new boyfriend and giselle's like i didn't say i had a new boyfriend karen uh, and then Karen Air commercial I mean there's no shame in a woman wanting to pick up a toy every now and again but I haven't seen him I know the pastor was living in the phone but Jason's that's not even in the phone I haven't seen him where are you at outer space also <laughs> I forgot about the whole Jamal's in the phone bit which I loved also Giselle
1: stop lying he would not be on this show if he wasn't serious.
0: Yeah. But of course, I mean, this is common with Gisela. She's not going to bring her man around to events. Like, Which I don't necessarily blame her. She because, brought her fucking hairstyle as Cal, and not like... I mean, but, you know, housewives can be a
1: little vicious. You know, <laughs> well, so not in- introducing him right away.
0: Well, and who would be the most vicious of this group? You're right. I know. But... She had the gall later to accuse Eddie of not wanting this. She says at the end of the episode Eddie don't want that smoke. Bitch, you don't want any smoke from anybody. You can't you don't want Candace's smoke, you don't want Wendy's smoke. You can't even look them in the fucking eye and you're going to be critiquing people. Like mm-hmm. give me a fucking break. Lay lay your shit on the table. Um I just wrote a note uh in my notes that just says, "Make sure to bring up uh Gordon parking for Merlin cuz you were <laughs> First off, me and Gordon pull up in separate cars, which was odd, the, on, on, on a base level. It doesn't inspire confidence for, for their relationship. But you were pissed off at Gordon. I forgot about this.
1: Yeah, did I just remind you? You did. Um, and you re-sparked the <laughs> Flame of Fury. You were so mad. This fucking self-important blowhard bastard... <laughs> parks in the striped off handicap loading area. I just, I grew grew up with a disabled brother. Yes, yes, yes. yes. We had a lift van for him. And handicap parking is already extremely limited. So when you get into a small parking lot like that was there's probably only two spaces maybe that are handicap accessible and then to have the loading zone which is for letting down a ramp on a on a uh on a ramp van right or a lift on a lift van or just getting in and out, like needing the extra space to open your door all the way to get in and out of the car. Right? That's what those are for. You've basically parked in the place that makes it completely inaccessible for people with disabilities.
0: Yeah. Fuck you. It's just, it's one of those few, it's, it's the similar, and I know it's not the same degree, but it's like, it's the like people who don't tip waiters. Like it's the, it's something where it's just like. This speaks to your character at right. the end of the day. Like, I mean, it,
1: I I wanted to leap through the TV. You were so
0: pissed. Because
1: the amount of times I have, growing up, had to resist the urge to let the lift down on somebody's car, mm-hmm. I have almost done it. And I get that fury from my mother. I get it honestly. <laughs> like, I just, I have this very strong sense of justice. And when somebody does something that is so egregious like that to completely remove access from someone who cannot get access any other way, it infuriates me. Right. So, like, Gordon, if you're listening, fuck you. (laughs) Fuck you with the biggest dildo you can find wrapped in sandpaper using uh, rubbing alcohol as lube fuck you. What do you, you really piece think? of shit. <laughs> that was like I'm I'm furious. No, I
0: agree. No, you're totally right though. Um so they but I also love so they go in and then Karen's like, "Hi Mia." And then does like the air kisses. like <laughs> like we're not touching yet. Like we're solely like we're I love Karen just like, "But we're getting better. We're getting better though." <laughs> um Wendy walks in, and of course, me and, and Giselle are already playing, and me, as soon as Wendy walks in, Mia goes, oh gosh, she ruins everything, because there's so, like, again, there's a bitterness that is just, and I think people are more conditioned to think that it's, like, technically happening on both sides, because yes, Candace is like, I don't fuck with that girl either, blah, 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 but I just think, like, uh, there's, there's a... a Drumming up against particularly Wendy, I would say maybe less Candace, but more Wendy. That is just like I feel so completely unwarranted and unnecessary.
1: Well, and the thing is, is that Candace and Wendy and Karen have problems with people on the other couch, right? Right. But they don't like they have decided for the good of the group, for the good of the show, they are going to at least move forward.
0: And and like they aren't talking to Giselle, but that's also I would say because Giselle's made it clear that she's not talking to them. Like Giselle, right. like, like I'm not going to engage with someone if there's no, if they have no desire to even look in my direction. Like that's right. not something I'm not going to like, you know, cause then I'm just going to look like a fucking idiot and I'm not going to do that. But my point, like I was saying before is that I think pro- I I'm pissed that production hasn't sat down with Giselle and said, look, You can't keep doing this. Like, you could be mad at these people. Don't get me wrong. As even as falsely as it is, because then Giselle also talks about like, you know, she's talking to her confession. Like, do I speak to Candace? No, I do not. Um, Just rewind the videotape. And they do the rewind to the reunion where Candace says the thing about your dwindling uterus and that you're you're white passing ass and all that stuff.
1: Never mind what pushed Candace to make those comments.
0: Oh, right. because Like, once you say something vicious enough to Giselle, she's suddenly the victim. And it's like you are not taking account to the timeline of like what actually fucking happened. Like
1: I, I just, I just need to know what Giselle and Robin have done to production to earn this favoritism. Mm-hmm.
0: Just,
1: just like I was wondering what Ro- or Marlo had done on Atlanta because it's the same production team, right? So like, we see you, Eric. We see you, Eric but it's just so clear like the the favoritism for certain people. Yeah. And and don't, don't get me wrong like there's there's favoritism all over bravo, right? Like Andy never holds Kyle Richards accountable in uh reunions right. or on Watch What Happens Live. He never does. Like she's clearly his favorite housewife. So it's it's very frustrating in a certain, like, regard that she gets to go on for, like, 14 seasons now and run amok with no comeuppance yeah. ever. So, like, it, it happens everywhere. But it's so clear here. Like, that's just at reunions. At least she could be held accountable by the other ladies during the season. But it seems like you're not even able to do that on these two shows because it will just get edited out. And to
0: me, it's like the, the closest is like with like the bit, the main offender I would say is more Robin because like, and I feel like what happened was that with this one stuff, they almost had to like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like if they, they would get, I don't consider, I don't think they ever really given Robin like the proper full, like fledged edit that they needed to give her. And I think they're only forced to at this point because of the way everything came out. I think if, if Robin didn't cop to it on the podcast and, and do all that shit, would they have mentioned it at the reunion? Would they have done all that post edit stuff? Probably not. Yeah. And that's, and that's frustrating. Um, Karen is pairing off the teams and she's making sure to pair like Candace on Giselle's team and Robin's team and, and me and Wendy together. And I love her just being like, look, don't ask me any questions. It's my event. <laughs> uh, and trying to at least get something out of this. NECA arrives and they're, she's, they're not explicitly cold to each other, but there's like a kind of like, Hey, how's it going? Like sort of thing with Wendy where it's like very yeah. surface. But again,
1: like, but at this point, everybody knows about the bullshit about spreading the rumor about Wendy being O. Most most
0: everyone, I would say. Most. Well, I mean, oh, well, Candace both, does know too.
1: What I mean is, both of them know. So yeah. there's no like pretense of getting to know each other. It's like. Bitch, fuck you. Yeah, from both sides. Yeah,
0: um and also, so Juan and Robin arrive, and then the edit they, they pull up, and then they just see all these quotes of everyone talking about Juan, like flashing, like dramatically on the screen. Uh, and it's like when you go in crossing the border for some cooch, Giselle going like, it just looks bad, and then just big letters Juan going, I don't care, and I wish they would have included the, my favorite uh, Juan Dixon quote, which is like yeah, I would suck his dick, Michael Darby. (laughs) (laughs) That that was a quote that was missing. Um, Yeah, they walk in and Candace interconfessional. is that Juan Dixon? Playing, playing from the Himalaya? (laughs) And then I uh, credit to Mia, (laughs) because Mia interconfessional goes, I mean, yeah, I'm glad that Juan's here. Like, why wouldn't he be? He doesn't have a job. (laughs) It's like, Mia! (laughs) Jesus Christ. Mia, I, I will give her credit for at least like Dispersing the shade equally throughout. Yeah, but I
1: guarantee you Robin doesn't get mad at her about that. But if Candace had said that oh, or if sure. Wendy had said that, it would have been World War Three.
0: One thousand percent. Um Giselle says there confessional. At the end of the day, Juan is not my man. So I stated my case and I'm done with it. I'm like, okay, but like for su- the
1: first time ever.
0: Yeah, suddenly I tweeted about it, like on the Gay and his MB Twitter. Uh Sudden, that statement not applicable to chris bassett eddie osefo ray huger uh chris samuels um michael darby like even though she was correct in that sense yeah like girl like suddenly because it's one you're like yeah but you know i gotta stay out of it it's not my marriage fuck off like
1: uh, so that's the one bone you won't carry
0: yeah fuck you <laughs> Candace says her are professional because Ro- so Robin comes in, but Robin like doesn't talk to Candace. She like actively like avoids Candace uh, and Candace says her are professional as I'm racking my brain to understand what Robin's issue is with me. I'm coming up short every time. And then they flash headlines of the screen of like, she should be fired. She's a fraud, blah, blah, blah. And yes, Candace said all those fucking things, but she I was right. Like, I, cause I just don't get the, like, she was right in retrospect. Like we just laid out why Robin shouldn't be here, but like. I don't understand how you can't – like Robin – this is all in the sense that Robin still can't visualize why Candace would be upset with her because – and and not to mention also the fact that she wouldn't even own the fucking speakerphone thing at the at last season where she right. embarrassed Candace unnecessarily in front of the whole group. But then going into the reunion and flip-flopping – and taking Giselle's side on everything. Right. Casting doubt of like, oh, is it you know, we can all agree it's suspicious that a man if a man is in a hotel room with another woman lending to those, you know, critiques. And quite frankly, Robin proving her point even after the fact when she fucking goes on her podcast and being like, Yeah, those new rumors about Chris getting that girl pregnant. Yeah, yeah, I believe him. I mean, you know, maybe you should have listened to us, Candace. Which we didn't even talk about that, that the girl has then now come out and said that i did i lied about that that did not happen after she was already disproven because people were comparing like photos that he she had sent about of Chris that clearly don't match his tattoos and and all that stuff also
1: there was somebody who claims to have dm'd with her asking if it was Giselle that put her up to it yeah. and she confirmed it in that dm now there now, is no i don't proof, know if i trust her on there that there's no proof in that screenshot number 1 that it is Like, we don't know that that wasn't edited. We don't know anything like that. And also, we don't know if she was lying, if it was a real screenshot or not. But whether
0: Giselle set her up to it or not, Giselle was fully ready to run with it. Right. She saw, like, on their podcast and in interviews and stuff like that, she was like, yeah, I see the rumors. I mean, it can be, it seems like it's probably true. Like, she was very, like, adamant with that. And it was so clear what it was, like, you know what's a great way to prove That last season you weren't hiding the wad stuff by bringing up the Chris hotel room conversation as a distraction. You know what's a great way to hide that? When Robin shit is being put on blast this fucking season to then bring up this Chris allegation to then take the attention off of Robin. You're literally doing it. In real time.
1: It's so frustrating. I'm so tired. They're
0: so dense. I'm so like
1: ugh. No, they're no, Because no. she knows what the fuck she's doing. Sure.
0: You can say that. Um carrying <laughs> her confessional. Because Robin's in this like black body con like like um uh, jump not jumpsuit, um uh like just like body con thing with like a a body suit? Yeah, bodysuit. Why can't I think a bodysuit? It's fine uh and it's sheer or whatever and and karen or professional what the hell is robin wearing to pickleball you look like a sheared batman see-through vagina on display put it back nobody want it not even one (laughs) (laughs) and then i love karen like oh cut that out (laughs) oh karen's great um eddie uh eddie okay so then eddie introduces himself to ike Cause he's saying hi to Juan and he introduces himself to Ike. He says, hi, nice to meet you. I'm Eddie basically. And Ike's like, hi, nice to meet you. I don't know if he says nice to meet you, but he's like, but he doesn't correct him. Right. He's not like, Hey, my good friend, Eddie from fucking, uh, university of Maryland. Like
1: (laughs) I'm so tired.
0: Um, they play pickleball for a little bit. Um, but then they eventually, uh, sit down to go eat this, okay. So then this was, (sighs) Karen starts talking and Karen talks about like, uh, she's like, well, I really appreciate all the men being here as well. Uh, and I want to take a moment to thank everyone for coming. And to be honest, you know, every one of us are not in a good place, you know, talking about the women. And then she goes, I'll say this, Robin showed up and that's a beautiful thing because she didn't have to. And she's praising Robin and, and Juan, specifically Robin, but Robin and Juan for showing up. Like, you know, obviously she's essentially saying there's obviously, you know, been an elf in the room with the group and stuff like that. But I thought it was very nice of you guys to show up and be out there. What is Robin? do? Stop saying my name. Stop saying my name. I said, stop saying my name. Shut up, Robin. Like, why are you like, it's, also Juan never comes to anything. He does. Yeah, exactly. It's like, but this is maybe the one moment in eight seasons that Karen has intentionally tried to say something positive to you. And you're like, stop. Like, why are you making Stop. Shut the fuck up. Like, like you are faced zero, to almost no scrutiny on this fucking show this season. None. And someone can't even say your name in public without you fucking throwing a fit. But I thought you didn't care. Yeah. But I thought people could bring up one as much as they wanted to. I thought you were ready to have
1: that conversation. Those were the words you said.
0: And then Juan literally then leaves with Ike to go play more pickleball or whatever. And and basically said whispers like, "I'm not going to sit here and listen to that. Listen to what? Like, uh, fuck them. They need to go. I'm so I'm I'm over them. I'm over it." Um. So then they start talking, and then Ashley brings up like, you know, I did. You know, I mentioned about how like I delivered the uh, NECA's message wrong to Wendy, and and Necka's like, I appreciate you. You know, saying that. like NECA didn't really hold Ashley the account at all for like misstating that, which makes me think that it was pretty clear that there's a. Uh huh. Um. Candace then asks, like, "So are the two of you good?" And NECA goes. I mean, I don't know her to like have a problem with her. And Wendy's like, yeah, like I don't know her to have a problem. And NECA goes, Oh, but <laughs> did not I just say that? So so you're just like repeating what I'm saying? NECA was looking for an issue. And it's so it was so blatant that she was. But and I it, thought you knew each other. But again <laughs>
1: Wasn't that the whole thing? That you knew each other already?
0: She wants to uh, And then NECA then goes but like I did hear that you have like a problem with me and then brings up like the phone call stuff and just is very just pointed immediately and like not it's like Candace I think I think it was Candace that hits on it like in a little bit which is just like why are we just me like even if you believe, even if all this happened right. Why are you assuming that Wendy one knows about it and two told her mother to harass your family or whatever. Why wouldn't you be like, "Hey, Wendy, I have this issue." If you're, on, if you're not looking for an issue, if you're not looking for drama for this show and to make these like accusations against this person, if you want to actually like maybe have a relationship and a friendship with this person, why are you be immediately assuming in your mind that w- maybe Wendy talked to you to your mom or something because I understand that, but why are you immediately assuming that Wendy? hold her mother, call her cousin and threaten her and say that you're going to fucking cast voodoo on her or whatever the fuck. Why is that the assumption? I have my opinions. Don't say it like, please like, um,
1: so, hmm. cause it doesn't make any
0: fucking sense to me.
1: Um, so here we're, we're going to get into to this. First of all, it's 2023. Why are we using the term witch right. or any association with witchcraft as an insult, as a an attack on someone's character? It's literally, like, witchcraft in and of itself is not a religion, but it's the oldest, like, paganism is the oldest religion that exists. Right. It existed before Christianity. It existed before because all it is is cultural beliefs, right? Yeah. So why are we attacking the idea of paganism? Number one. But number two, you know how much of an insult it is in West Africa in general but specifically in Nigeria specifically amongst the Igbo people to call someone a witch
0: because and Wendy posted on her social media actually explicitly detailing this about how you can basically be stoned to death and and be, and or Well and it's jail.
1: also associated with the whole osu thing. Yeah. Because the whole thing with the osu is that you sacrificed a child to like ancient gods or to like a monarch or whatever or whoever in order to gain favor. And so when Christianity took over anyone who had practiced Osu or who had been labeled Osu got ostracized because that was a pagan practice. Yeah. So like it reeks of, like a colonizer mindset and it's really incredibly fucked up to it continuously attack Wendy on her cultural ties.
0: Right. And, and especially, and, and as much as neck is the one doing it, it's obviously, I believe fully it's being at the very least orchestrated or at, I'll say at the very least encouraged by Giselle and Robin and, and, and that ilk, when you're just coming off of a season of being accused of playing into, um, uh, light-skinned, like privilege in many regards, like why on earth would you then like clearly divorce yourself from the understanding of like how this is not just simply like, Oh, she's a witch. Like, it's like, there's a connection to this that is cultural, that you are not like, caring about whatsoever and being so flagrant with
1: well but i don't even think they're being flagrant i think that they picked up on that and are specifically attacking that right right, right. like that like they are His outwardly intention. being flagrant but it's intention there is no way that the entire drama around wendy centers around her being ebo yeah because if she was not ebo if she was someone who didn't know what her African roots were mm-hmm. and she was you know one of many millions of black people in America who do not know their specific African roots, then there would no there would be no issue right, or there would be some other contrived issue, but you honed in on her culture. And, like, it's so fucked up. And for this to be orchestrated by the Green-Eyed Bandits, clearly, even if Giselle and Robin aren't involved, which I don't believe that, Ashley very, very clearly is. Yeah. So it's like, fuck y'all.
0: Yeah. Like, what are you doing? And And Candace is clearly the only one that, like... I appreciated Candace in this moment like recognizing how fucked up this is like even in the moment she was basically like cuz she talks about to Neka later about like I don't need my like two Nigerians fighting like this you guys are like a small community like you need to right. and and like to, it's it's not just a thing like post you know all this like it's like in the moment Candace was like this is fucked up like and
1: it it may not be the case and far be it from me to criticize a black woman for her connection to her own culture. Right. But it seems very much like NECA is has no connection to her culture and is literally all she does is use it when it's helpful and weaponize it when it's not
0: yeah i can't like you said I can't speak to that either, and but I will say i've seen a lot of black content creators and and people explicitly be like call out that like she kind of puts on like a valley girl accent in many regards, and, because you can
1: see her drop it,
0: and oh yeah, she drops it here in this fight with Wendy like. And because she, when he's like, "Sweetie, I never called you." Like, what in law? And then Necka's like, "It was." I said it was your sister. Necka goes, "Let me clear this shit up." And when he goes, "Clear it the fuck up," and Necka goes, "I'm clearing it up, bitch. What the fuck are you talking about?" And the way that bitch just like again, like, why is it so elevated so quickly? You went from like not knowing each other, like like being casual acquaintances or whatever with each other, to now you're just dropping like the bit, like,
1: yeah. I just I don't understand and. it's so it's so nasty and it got so nasty so fast out of nowhere yeah i just there's no excuse for that shit
0: karen goes up to giselle and goes this is your fucking fault and giselle goes you and your green ass needs to get away from me (laughs) (laughs) um they so then like they flash the screenshot like because 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 when he's like show the receipts or whatever and Nick is like i i screen grabbed the fucking call log or whatever she's like it was on good friday um and we there was also the critique of it because, and we talked about it in the TikTok that we posted, that it says Susan, which I guess is 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 the name, the name that she goes by. It's also
1: her middle name, right? I think.
0: But she, her real name, her initials are I O, right? And on the iPhone, like sort of graphic thing, it says I O, but then it reads Susan, which doesn't make sense if you've ever, if you have an iPhone and you have someone in like that explicit like contact or whatever list because whatever the listed name is the initials would match even if
1: it was a nickname it would show up in quotation marks and smaller text underneath it it would right. not be there at on the name line
0: and so that's my question is like did production be like well we can't show her real name so let's put her nickname in
1: it also it's off center
0: it is off center which makes it think that it was at, it was a photoshop job but my, my question is, is it a Photoshop job by NECA or is it maybe by production? But again, I don't like production getting into these receipts and like fucking with them.
1: Like blur it if you want to or like blur it and put like a red arrow to where it says, you know, Wendy's mom, like whatever. But you yeah. don't like there's ways to do that that does not. Make it seem Make suspicious. It, right. Because what they did was they tried to disguise it as a real screenshot. And it's like, it's so clear that that's not what it is.
0: And going back to the, like the why does Ike have a screenshot of when he is friended with Eddie versus not? Like, right. it's like, what are we doing? Like, yeah. And then Wendy's like, "You sound cra- so crazy." And Mia whispers to Jill, "She said that about me too. You know, I'm crazy too." I'm like, "Mia, you are crazy." <laughs> like, yeah. And then, so Wendy then starts like, Wendy is like, sort of, when she's in it, she can get very like hyped and like so. So she's getting up and like, "You hating on me for everything?" And then like starts strutting like along the side, like, but it failed. It's a flop. It's a flop. And start like repeating herself and like flipping her hair. Here's the thing: I wish Wendy. I don't. I don't blame Wendy because I think also when you have someone calling you a bitch and calling you by your yeah. name, it gets you hyped up. In that, I wish she kind of didn't do this because I, I see a lot of people being like, "Well, she's like deflecting, right? She's like going with the hysterics and, and, and all this stuff to def- like it deflect from not having the conversation." Which I get that it seems that way, like it, it does look that way to a certain regard. I will but say I think that it's if you go back,
1: I will also say that if you go back and look at those people. And what else they have tweeted about Potomac? Sure, yeah. They yeah. side with the Green-Eyed Bandits every time. And nine times out of ten, those are
0: the white fans. Sure. So I'm not really buying it. My thing is, like, I think, she, like, I will say, though, I, I think how she handled Mia last episode at Ashley's event, or, or whatever, like, maybe two episodes ago mm-hmm. at Ashley's event was, I think, much better in the way she was just like, yeah, you're slow. Like, you're... you're Yeah. It was, like, it there was a a positioning of yourself above that person that really helped in that argument that made Mia look fucking stupid and i think she could have done the same with Neca but Neca was i think looking for a reaction got it
1: i think the issue is that she brought up her mom right out of nowhere because wendy didn't know that was coming there was nothing new between her and mia so she was clearly prepared to have that fight she wasn't prepared for this one She didn't know her mom was getting brought into it. She didn't know she was going to go so deep and nasty on the cultural lines. And
0: when it, yeah. And when it has that cultural connection and that significance, there is a, a, not defensiveness, but like a, a desire to like correct the record as swiftly and like intensely as possible. Well, and it's anger,
1: yeah, right? Like the initial reaction is fuck you. Right. Like if you had a problem, Come to me and tell me there's a problem. Don't, number one, out this in front of all these people and, number two, in front of all these cameras. If you give a shit.
0: About the culture.
1: About the culture. Then pull me to the side.
0: Right. Wendy's like, you know, with what Ashley brought to me about, like, you saying that I was O or whatever, now I'm starting to think that's the case because the way that you're bringing this whole shrine thing up now links to that and it kind of incriminates you. And, and NECA's like, keep trying to be detective. Your mom said it. And Wendy's like, my mom worships our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And Nekka goes, by day, by night, she's submitting names to shrines. It's like, this is just getting, like you said, so nasty so quickly and unearned and, like, uh Also,
1: Uh, Wendy made a a post about this, or I think it may have been the same post. mm It's like, the only shrines I know of are in the Catholic Church. (laughs) So, like, I don't know what you're talking about. And she's right. Catholicism does incorporate a lot of, because when Catholicism was first created, it was a bridge between Christianity and paganism. Okay, Like, there were a lot of pagan aspects brought in. That's why Christmas is so reflective of Yule. That's what and Saturnalia, which is like a, a winter time festival in like Greece and Rome and all of those. Uh, hmm. I think it's Rome, not Greece. Um, if it was Greece, then we would have heard about it from Angie K. Um, <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> um, but like that's where the Christmas tree and wreaths and all of that stuff yeah. comes from is from Yule, not Christianity. It has nothing to do with Christianity. Um but that's a good point like like there's a there's a bridge right and that's why there's the lighting of candles and and the incense and all of those things that are very Commonplace within that's, paganism yeah
0: but that's a, such a no no
1: that's such a good point though their practices why, that were adopted by christianity to make it more palatable to people that were converting but
0: why that's why is she assuming it's witchcraft like not to say like you what you laid out about how we shouldn't be insulting witchcraft 100 percent. but if there is shrine and she's also from what i remember from that conversation with Robert, all she says like don't pray p- pray against me you know making like just talking about like prayer and it's like if you're talking about prayer and shrines why is the the immediate jump then that it's this separate thing other than being christian right
1: isn't her family catholic yeah so why wouldn't she then go to a cathedral light a candle and say you know this person neca is coming for my daughter Please help her see the light. Please help her. Because plenty of
0: people in Christianity pray for negatives as much as positives as well. Absolutely. But I don't even necessarily think
1: that that's what the case was. I think that it's a help her realize that this is not the case. Help her stop coming for my child. Help her, you know, all of those things. It's not necessarily going, you know, lead her towards hell. Have her fall off a cliff. That's not what anybody's doing.
0: Right. But no, he, no, clearly uh, Miss Susan like was the reason one stuck his dick in the can. Apparently. When he um, then just goes, Do you know what I want to... Because Robin's like, go to the side and work it out. And, and when he's like, you know who I want to work it out with? I want to work it out with Mia. And then she grabs Mia. This did say... I mean, I'll say this. It seemed weird. I thought it was more a case of like when he was going to go in to be like, okay, let me make up with Mia. What I thought it... Like, honestly, what I thought it was, was that Karen had a conversation with her and brought up the whole slow... Comment on how she took it with her side, as much as bullshit as that was. Right. Like, and then Wendy was going to try to make good with it. Because, I mean, that is the point of Karen's event right is to make good with people but people are like oh she's just like suddenly having a conversation with me after she called her stupid and and all this stuff and then robin eric official goes okay boys and girls this is professor osefo demonstrating deflection 101 it's so obvious you ain't need to the, the word deflection does not need to leave your goddamn mouth ever ever
1: erase it from your vocabulary because you have not earned the usage the
0: the audacity is far too much of that coming from." Robin. No, what happened here was Wendy was
1: like, look, I, I I, I, do not, I can't wrap my head around this bullshit right now and if I'm going to fight with somebody, it's going to be on something that I know all the facts about. <laughs> and, so and, let's get me... The devil
0: I know as opposed to the
1: devil I don't. <laughs> right, because she's still I don't think that she's fully under, like, there's like, there's that whole confusion when somebody whacks you over the head with like a new accusation. Yeah. I think that that's what was happening, and Wendy was angry, but she was like, I I can't get into this fight right now because I don't know what the fuck it's about yet. Right. Like, I still need to process all of this. So I'm going to go over here and either make up with Mia or fight with her, but I know what this fight's about. And I can use this anger either to, like, fix things or eviscerate this bitch that deserves it anyway. So that's what I'm going to do.
0: Yeah. And so they're still talking and arguing at the table, but then the catering then gets knocked over and the the little like what are those called the little fire the uh, little um uh, what are they heating called heating lamp not heating lamp but like um canister uh, things uh-huh. uh huh falls over and like the carpet like starts getting on fire and they're like oh my god and they're trying to put out the fire and Candace is going these are the demons coming to get us and this was played up in the trailer and all that stuff and then we find out it was just Juan ran into the fucking uh fence and it knocked over the shed
1: which I found out was so funny but I found it so funny because the way that they the way that they edited Candace was like she was siding with NECA. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then in the scene it's like clearly she's like making a joke about it. Yeah. Clearly she's trying to go You see how fucking stupid
0: this bullshit is, right? And then so Karen then gets mad at Juan because she all the beans are on the floor and and all and Karen goes Juan Dixon come to me woman a woman you got a problem with me (laughs) not woman a woman. Uh, so then they are just like, okay. So then they're like in their own corners, like sort of still like talking, like when he's like popping off and being like, she brought the gun, but I brought the bazooka and all this stuff. And then NECA brings up to Mia that Eddie unfollowing Ike on Facebook or whatever. And Mia goes, so wait, so they know each other. And NECA goes, I think they know of each other. Yes. So which one is it? Which is it? You said in the first scene
1: they were friends. And now it's you think they know of each other. Not that they know each other. That they know of each other. In that they are aware that each other exists.
0: And Mia goes like, did they speak tonight? And 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 Nneka's like, I mean, it might be the same fake shit that Wendy did to me. What you mean the same thing? If fake you know someone, you... you say like it's so stupid. If you know someone, say hi, good to see you again, or hi, it's been a long time, or what? You don't fucking like. It's so like Eddie said. Eddie introduced himself as if they hadn't met ever. So, like,
1: do you know how many people there are that I know from college that? If I were to run into them on the street, would not recognize
0: That's right. me right you know, but again, we're going back to it, do you know how many people on my fucking Facebook page right now from high school and from college who I barely can remember their fucking faces? yeah, I guarantee you also if if the first screen grab of what they showed of when eddie and and uh, Ike were friends. It says 139 mutual friends. So my guess is Eddie just mass followed people from college. Right. Or like if there was like a college Facebook group, you can just follow fucking whoever. And then he probably cleaned house at some point on I his would Facebook assume, page.
1: I would assume that Wendy said, hey, we're going on a reality show. Maybe clear off the dead weight off of your Facebook sure. because there's no proof of when there was an unfriending. Number one, there's no proof that there was a friending. Right. Number two, there's no proof of when the unfriending happened.
0: So, like, fuck off. Yeah. It's like, there's, what is the argument? Like, because, and me is like, you just, you don't just follow anyone on Facebook. Yes, you do. There are plenty of people like I don't follow any like not especially on Facebook the, is my close fucking personal especially
1: friend. in the early days of Facebook like he was in college a little bit before I was yeah that was in the early days of of Facebook Facebook started in like 2006 uh, and I, I got on in 2007 which was my freshman year in college. You Back then, you had to have a college email address in order to get on Facebook. I think that was his senior year. Right. So I think I'm the same age as Ike. Okay? So, of course, you're just going to go in and add people because we really don't know. Social media is so different back then. Yeah. Now we're, like, concerned about... You know, private information getting out. But back then, nobody gave a shit like, about that.
0: No, but you just add people. But in the most case of the scenario, they were like an acquaintance, right? Right. Like, like may, if they were on that same form or the meetings or whatever in in college right. that Neca said in the first part, they were the most acquaintances. So then, why is the unfriending on Facebook an offense? Also, it was a hundred
1: and forty people. This this group. Yeah, because that's how many friends mutuals. they had. Mutuals they had in common. So clearly he went in and just friended everybody in that group. Right.
0: But so, and Mia goes up to Eddie and when he, and Mia's like, you know him. And Eddie's like, I just met him. And so when Eddie then goes over to then clarify this and Mia brings up, like you said, he unfriended you on Facebook. And Ike's like, Eddie, what's up with that? And Eddie's like, when did I unfollow you on Facebook? I just met you today. And they get like to a back and forth and she, and cause people were pointing out, I keep going. You didn't unfriend me on Facebook. And Eddie keeps going. I just met you today. And people were like, well, that's not the question, Eddie. And you're kind of dodging, but he's not dodging. He's answering the question by, by proxy. Yeah. He's basically saying, I
1: just met you today. How could I have unfriended how, you?
0: But also how could he def- like, to me, if he unfriend like my theory is he unfriended Ike in this like mass unfollowing for just random people. He's like, I don't know really any of these people, so I unfollowed them. So maybe he I think the reason he's not explicitly saying it is also because maybe I did unfollow him, but I don't know who this person is. So well, he what- probably doesn't even remember unfollowing. That's him. what I'm it's saying. Like-, like It's like I don't I just met you. Like what are you talking about? How could I unfriend you? Yeah, uh, Neca then keeps like trying to insert herself, and Ike literally stops her and goes like, "Let me talk, honey," or whatever the fuck. And then he tells he tells Eddie, "Say it with your chest. You don't know me. Say it with your chest." Well, this is not serious. And Wendy literally pulls a face with him, and then Neca goes, "Don't get in my man's face. Back up." It's like what the Ike fuck got in his face? Yeah. <laughs> It's so crazy. Wendy he says her confessional, Ike Dunn turned into Ike Turner. You're fighting over Facebook. If somebody doesn't remember you, you're just not memorable. Yeah. <laughs> and then when he's trying to like basically calm Eddie down, she's like, they're trying to get a moment out of you. Like whatever. NECA says her confessional, Eddie kind of reminds me of the guy from Get Out, and they do like a flash of like the that he that he was like, because I guess. She's trying to say that, like, Wendy, Wendy's, like, you know, controlling him or whatever the fuck. Neck is like, seems like he's, like, looking for freedom. <laughs> it's like, she's, and also we're playing into that aspect as well. Like, to, like you know what Get Out was about, right, I don't bitch? think she does. I, 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 if she does, then, like, again, she's also playing fast and loose with, like, cultural things that I just think is, like, crazy to me. And Wendy's like, it's absurd. And Necka goes, your mom did it. Your mom's absurd. And Wendy goes, your mama. Say my mom's name again. And then Necka goes, your mom is a witch. Like, very, like basically using it as a slur, which was like, as soon as she said that, I looked at you like.
1: I, I had already been fuming from the parking situation. This just reignited
0: everything. Yeah, it was bad. It was really fucking nasty and bad. Um, that was Potomac for the week. Jesus Christ, the, the, uh, no, that's not, it's not good. It's not, fix it, really, it, Jesus. Fix it, Jesus. Like, fucking, and hopeful next week that they, because they're going to Austin for their cash trip, and Candace and Ashley fight, seemingly, and it seems like maybe a recreation of the butter knife scene, which I'm happy about. Um, but like I need Can- here's the thing I'm hoping it'll be better when Candace is activated yeah. yeah like I that's one of the things where it's like Candace has been a little dormant well but
1: she's also been distracted
0: yeah 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 and she's had her tour and stuff like right. that so it's like I need her to be activated and coming for these bitches because it's they're, they're running fucking rampant yeah Um. yeah so that was Potomac uh, we're gonna take a quick commercial break and then when we come back we're talking the newest episode of Married to Medicine don't go anywhere Do you want something new to put on your reading list? Are you feeling your holiday spirit grow while also being astutely politically in tune? Then you'll want to pick up The Santa Strike, a new book by Shanna Hamaker. While home in Midland, Texas, on a weekend visit with the eccentric uncle who raised him, Marion Wachloski, otherwise known as Mary, discovers a long-forgotten letter Uncle Joe wrote to Santa Claus. Mary keeps it to share with his girlfriend Lindsay and his best friend Tommy, At first, they consider the letter to be nothing more than a silly lark. What kind of grown man would write a letter to Santa? But soon, Mary and Lindsay find themselves caught in a much larger mystery concerning many, many more letters to Santa, all surrounding the crisis of gun violence in America. You
1: can order The Santa Strike now on Amazon, available both on Kindle and in paperback.
0: Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at sidekickmediaservices.com.
1: Welcome back to A Gay and a zimbi. Let's head on down to Atlanta, where unlike Heavenly, we are on the guest list to watch Sweet Tea become married to medicine
0: (laughs) that's great married to medicine for this week uh in the contrast of potomac like i said like they are fucking killing it this season it is so goddamn good
1: well and it's always it's nice to watch this right after potomac because it's just it's a stark difference Mm -hmm. right you get the clusterfuck that is potomac and then we get to watch married to medicine and it like restores our faith in reality television (laughs) right (laughs)
0: And it's like they're so they are getting into each other's mess so much and it's so like, Oh yeah. but they they always balance it to where they still keep the friend group together in like a way that's actually really impressive and yeah mm-hmm. i love it um we see like some quick scenes before we get into the soil the main action <laughs> simone is like call calls toya to ask about like so like cecil's like not giving me an answer like what happened on g's uh, bachelor party thing eugene in the background just goes bible study it was bible study <laughs> and Toya <laughs> goes no somebody wanted to take their pants off gregory <laughs> Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. And also, we get, then we get a quick scene of uh, uh, Dr. Alicia, who we, is the other friend of, mm-hmm. who we haven't even seen that much of. But I love, she's like telling her husband about like what happened to the bachelorette. And she's like, yeah, sweetie got so mad. And she freaked out. And she was like, oh. And then she like jumps on the couch, like, like, like some like, like monster just goes, ah. And the look on her husband's face was like, <laughs>
1: he was, it was harrowing. It was, he was terrified.
0: He was, like, he was like, "This is what we signed up for." She was overplaying it completely. No, oh, yes,
1: it was. It was cold, totally blown out of proportion, but it was hilarious.
0: Yeah, um, Jackie and Heavenly. Uh, then go to Phaedra's house in their, their first time getting to see like Phaedra's place. Immediately, uh, Phaedra's dog Phoenix like runs out, and Jackie's afraid of dogs, so she just freaking out. She's st-
1: like, I've never heard her voice go that high pitched.
0: Mm-hmm. Then Phaedra her confessional goes, "You would think it was Cujo and not Phoenix. <laughs> He's a little horny, so she might give Jackie what she's been missing." I was like, "What you think? Not the bestiality on this show." <laughs> Bam. And then the best... So Faith was, like, get in the kitchen, like, getting stuff for them as they're sort of looking around her house and heavily being like, this is interesting furniture. What is it, like, urban American? French conventional? She's, <laughs> like, throwing together random words of, like, what does any of this mean? Also, just, the, uh,
1: just to go back, the implication that Jackie don't get her coochie taken care of...
0: Oh, I, I would think of it... I mean, it's a stigma, but, like, I would think of it anyone would get it taken care of. It would be an OBGYN.
1: Yeah, like, you, you know... Simone and Jackie independently are getting it in. Yeah. Like if anybody fucks on this show, it's them too. <laughs> Again, not together.
0: Yeah. Uh heavenly telling Jackie, I love this. You know, I know you don't, but I really do. And Jackie goes, I didn't say that. And like smack. It. <laughs> <laughs> it's goes, definitely not Jackie's style. Well, Jackie goes, You hear stuff and make up stuff like the demons in your head. <laughs> But I love that Heavenly's acting as if she loves Phaedra's, like, uh, decor. But then her confessional, she's got, like, a modern American shit here, and then she's got gothic shit over here. It's like, what the...
1: (laughs) I mean, to be fair, like, if I had my rathers, I would be decorating in the clusterfuck of styles as well. Sure. But I'm also a maximalist, so there'd be shit everywhere. Right. The walls would be covered. It would be fabulous.
0: Uh, So they're in the kitchen. And then Jackie asks Phaedra, so, like, what was this about, like, you inviting Quad, like, to the pamper party? Like, what is that all about? Phaedra goes, she didn't come with me, but I extended the invitation. (laughs) It's like that's a real. Of course, it's not Phaedra unless she's like playing with words. Oh yeah,
1: if anybody's a wordsmith, it's that one.
0: And Phaedra's like, I, I mean, I said to her like, the ladies wanted to know where you are, and Jackie goes, so you show up at the new wife's party, and the and Phaedra's like, I mean, you guys have been questioning like where Quad was. Jackie says a confessional basically, Quad is not available unless it works for her. Like it's very much a, and I, I do agree with Jackie. It's like because we've seen we've tested this before when they got. When Quad got divorced initially, right? Right. Where it was like, do you call her? Or do you not call her? Does she want you to be, you know, or do you want, does she want to be left alone? Like she, Quad doesn't really yeah, illustrate well what she wants out of a friendship.
1: Well, and she withdraws. Yeah. When she's going through something, she withdraws. And it, it can be, I get why it would be frustrating for these girls while they're like, I'm sorry, you're getting paid the same amount that we are, but you're here for half the episodes. I need you to show the fuck
0: up. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Jack, but once they get they they get off in the conversation, so Jackie goes, and so back to you because I'm not because <laughs> you still got to answer for this, Pedro. <laughs> she's like, you still feel the good with that decision? Pedro goes, I do, and heavily just goes. <laughs> <laughs> heavily like chuckling this whole way through, and she's like. You, There was going to be, like, a fight among sisters. You, know, I think Quad changed the atmosphere, you know? I think she ushered in new spirits, and Heavenly goes, You're going to go with that? <laughs> 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 and Heavenly just says in the confessional, We all know Phage is full of shit. She knows that I know that she is full of shit. <laughs> like... <laughs> I love this show. I love it but I love, I love that there's no like because we've seen Phaedra on Atlanta all these years, and we know Phaedra's, I love that it's just like, yeah, we we already know she's fucking full of it. Like, and she's lying when she're, when her lips are moving,
1: right? Like, it's so like, there's no like pretense that she's a new person to audiences.
0: Yeah, but it's also then it's harder for her to then get one over on them, like like truly get one over on them in a way that's like convincing, right? Um, Heavenly, they're all sitting around and Heavenly asks, like, "So, do you think like Sweet Tea's ready to be married? Because like I have my concerns." And she's just like the way that she was very volatile at the at the pamper party. I love Jackie going, "Look, we all act out. When I act up, I speak in syllables. I go, Curtis." what are you doing (laughs) like like, but i do like here's the again we talked i think we talked about last week maybe heavenly is correct that this there are blaring red flags in what's happening with and greg what
1: what gets me about heavenly and everyone's relationship with heavenly is does heavenly overstate things absolutely does she completely like bathe in hyperbole 1,000%. Is the root of what she's saying wrong? Rarely. Yeah.
0: And she's also very... It helps that she's also very self-deprecating herself. Yeah. Like she... Like that way I... The, so when she talks shit, I don't really care as much. I find and it funny. And it's equal opportunity.
1: She spreads that shit around.
0: Yeah. And Heavenly's like, Dr. G's not the one to be fighting on. You know, he has an emotional outbursts as well. And I forgot about that therapy session where he, like, just laughs and, like, falls on the floor with Quad. And I was like, oh, God, that season was a mess.
1: That Oh, man. That whole season was awful.
0: Um, and Heavenly, in like, confessional, two crazy people don't work. Damon and I work because I'm the crazy one and he's not. I'm
1: glad she knows. <laughs> I'm glad she's aware that she's the crazy one.
0: But he's uh, – she is true on that. Like, I feel like –
1: I'm the crazy only, one.
0: Only Damon. Well, yeah, you know, we're di- we're different kinds of crazy. We balance each other's crazy. Yes,
1: we're, <laughs> we're crazy at different times. Yeah,
0: and like I feel like d- only Damon could be married to Heavenly. When you really think about accurate. it, accurate. Like Damon is
1: so like anyone else in the world would have strangled that bitch already. <laughs> <laughs> He's got the patience
0: of a saint. Like, um, we then go over to Simone and Cecil's, and Miles is over. Uh, and she's talking with Cecil about like school and stuff like that, and being like, "Yeah, you know, the teachers are fine. You know, it's just hard, you know, learning from a textbook." Cecil goes, "Sometimes school is not about learning the material as much as it is about getting the grade," which is very true. And yep. there, we'll get. We had a long discuss, not a long discussion, but like sort of a spirited discussion about this scene because we kind of took different sides. Um, I I agree with some of the points that Cecil is making here, like because yes, school it. The problem with school is that a lot of it is about Sort of like just getting the past the test and then, you know. Right. And all that. And you don't really learn real life things. Miles then then goes, also when your parents, you know, get mad at you for getting a C. And then we just hear up the stairs, a C! And Simone, like, of course Simone with her bat ears. She was listening the whole time. She
1: was standing at the top of them stairs. No child in mind is getting a C. Look. Okay. So this is how it works within a major, right? Yeah. And I think I talked to you about this mm. when we were watching it live, is that at least this is how it was for me when I was, you know, in traditional college. Um, you have the requirements to pass a class are usually a D in college. For the most part, yeah. Usually it's like a 65, I think is like the. Um, but that's for like your your core classes, the things you have to check off a list to get your basics done. Um, Then within your major, you have different requirements for different parts of your major. For me, this is the example I'm going to use because this is what I know. I was a music education major. There is something within music that's called music theory. That's basically the the rules of reading and writing music right, and how music interacts on a technical level. Um, depending on your individual major within the music department, you have to make a certain grade. Like um, if you're majoring in music theory, you have to ace those classes. Yeah. Those are foundational to your entire um, major. If you are um if I remember correctly if you are a education major like I was you have to make a B. Right. Like in order to move on because there's like four levels of theory you have to take. Um and if you are a performance major you can get away with a C because you're not teaching this to anybody And you're not centering your major around it, but you still need to have a foundational understanding of this in order to really move forward in the major. But it's not as important as it is for an education major or a theory major. Yeah.
0: So, like... A C is fine. Like, so, but that's, so that's the thing. Like, I agree with you on on the grade stuff. I agree. Like, I didn't think the grade thing was the big thing, but I think when, when they get into sort of like the plan for miles, like going forward and miles talks about like, yeah, so I was originally thinking about doing like two summer classes, but then I had listened to the wise man referring to Cecil and, you know, he said, you know, I should get like direct experience instead of taking classes. And Simone then just goes, when can I see a graduation is my question. And like I get Simone's point in the sense, and while the advice of Cecil is right, like sometimes real world experience is better than like get, and more helpful than it being in the classroom. Yet I wish you would have told him that year one because I he's on a, He's on his fifth year, and Simone is basically like, but I'm paying for this, and it'd be one thing if he was getting loans and like sort of like it would be going on his end of things like. If, the, if it's, I can feel the frustration if I'm Simone and able to pay for college and am paying for college for him, and there is sort of a dragging in that regard. I say this as somebody who dragged all the way past five years and then didn't get a degree in college, but I also got loans and and that was the majority of how I paid for myself for college. My mom didn't wasn't able to sort of pay much of anything in terms of me going to college, right. so. I I felt sympathy for Simone in that regard because you know it is a, it's all, it's not just his life it's also you know affecting her pocketbook at the end of the day.
1: Sure. Um what I will say though is that I kind of call bullshit on that because the the check she gets from Bravo to do this show could have covered his entire college.
0: Right, but again, it's not it's not just the fact that she ha- I she has the money. Like, the, like, I'm not telling no, but, that she has but the money. But her
1: argument is, well, I want to retire at some point, and I have to have enough money for that. And it's like, bitch, you know you got money for that. Don't even try to act like you ain't got money for that.
0: I guess, but you don't know how many more seasons Married to Medicine gets. It, can go, it could, you know, end in a, in a heartbeat in, in terms of that. It shouldn't, because it's the best show on Bravo right now. But I, I'm just saying, like, I understand that that certain level of frustration. And she says her confessional, "I don't agree with the wise man. If I could choke out the wise man, I would."
1: <laughs> as, C- as Cecil's
0: like right there next to her, and so Simone's basically like, "We will pay for one more year of college, and then the rest of it is on your own in terms of like what you do in that regard." Um, she uh basically talks about because well, and then to me, so Cecil talks about like you know why, why are people against like generational wealth. I'm not against generational wealth. I agree. Like generational wealth is really important, but you still need to have that wealth.
1: You know what I mean? True. I will say that at his age though, it
0: is kind of, how old is he? Oh, probably late fifties. No, 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 no. Oh, oh, he's oh, uh, miles. He's 24.
1: Unless that, um, unless he will be 26. By the time they cut off paying for college, Mm. he will not be able to get loans because of their income. That's true. So I can understand if they go, look, uh, the last time we're paying for it is when FAFSA matters. Because after that, he's going to have no income. And therefore, he's going to be able to get grants to cover everything. He won't have to pay anything out of pocket for that anyway. Right. So – at that point, who
0: cares? But also, I was thinking, like, I feel, maybe they said it last episode, I can't remember, but it's like, how many credits does he need? Like right. How much, of, if he can get it done in a year, if if that's a plausible thing, then yeah, get it done in a year. Yeah. Like, you know, so you don't have to worry about that conversation. Um, but then I love Simone basically saying, because you're also wanting him out of the house in many ways, and Simone's like, I want to be able to run around naked in my own home, and then Miles going... I mean, like, what sex is being had? Like, you know, that warranty ended, like, 10 years ago. It's expired. And the look on Simone's face was like, I'm going <laughs> to... Once these cameras turn off... <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, we then uh, go to Sweet Tea and G. They're going to the wedding venue um, for the rehearsal and all that stuff. Um, uh, Sweet Tea asked G about, like, how the bachelor party went. And G goes, we were going so hard. And Sweet Tea going... Explain hard, and I'm like, I don't think you want him to. No, you, because <laughs> there's a clear answer to that. <laughs> I just, I still don't
1: understand how. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a comment that would probably come from Whitney Williams. <laughs> how do you get wet for that
0: voice? I mean, can you? Also, he sounds like Mickey Mouse. Did you also, speaking of Mickey Mouse, did you also notice, someone pointed out online, when they're in the confessionals and you know how they have their doctors. Um, uh-huh. His, the the word on the right side of it, the word says like Dr. Gregory Lunsford. Uh-huh. It's in like Disney font. It's like big, like comical, like what? cartoon font.
1: I didn't. Oh Lord! But doesn't
0: that make so much sense? It really does. It's, again, this man is a psychiatrist.
1: I don't. I don't understand that because he <laughs> seems to have no grasp on emotion. No, I take that back. He has. A, he has a grasp on um, horniness. Yeah. He has a grasp on anger. And he has a grasp on pettiness.
0: Anything in between, not so much. Not so much. Um, Sweet T talks about how stressed she is with everything and that you know she's feeling some way after what happened at like, the bachelorette party and tells G about the quad showing up. G says basically, Phaedra knows more than, knows more than anyone. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> what that marriage did to me. I don't know why she's doing this. And so basically like they go through the rehearsal and, and and all that stuff, but G goes away at one point to call Phaedra and he just goes, My homegirl, my dog, my ace, why? And Phaedra goes, Why, 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 what? <laughs> Bitch, you know why he calling you <laughs> Phaedra tries to explain it as like you look, Quad had no I also love that it's a different explanation every time to a different person. Phaedra right. nothing about what Phaedra's saying is consistent. She here she's saying Quad had no issues with her. And she, you know, Sweet Tea needs to know that. <laughs> then, and she's like, there's no reason for them to have a relationship. And there's a, again, it's a little fourth Wally because it kind of feels like G is like basically being like, I don't want Sweet Tea interacting with Quad at all. And I'm like, okay, but you're on the same show together.
1: Yeah, that that to me was like, bro.
0: You don't get to decide that.
1: You, you realize, you see the camera in your face, right? He's yeah. like right there. Yeah, you know they mic'd you like that person putting a mic. That wasn't part of the wedding. <laughs> like that's that's an everyday thing, right? So like, what are we doing?
0: Uh, G tells her next time run it by me, and Phaedra goes, "There's not going to be a next time because this issue is over. It's I'm not doing it again." um so they leave it at that um we then it's the day of the wedding and people are getting ready it's also toya's birthday so eugene and uh his son avery make toya like breakfast and bread and they have balloons for her i love toya being like ashton hasn't called me yet their other son and eugene goes he will and Toya goes when because he's on like some like band um vacation thing at like disney world or whatever and Toya's basically like he needed to call me in the morning <laughs> right when he woke up it's like, that boy is eight, like, or whatever. Like, eight or nine. Yeah,
1: <laughs> like that. Also, the band competition is happening in the morning. So, like, let him be done with that, and then he'll remember to call you. Yeah. Also, it's the same day as um, Heavenly's Daughter's Senior Prom. Senior Prom! I know, that's
0: uh, that's crazy.
1: I I can't. Like, I, I feel so old.
0: And And, but the point of, like... Also, that Heavenly and Damon, like, sent her away to, like, let, saw her before she left, but then are just sort of, like, you know, still balancing. Like, yeah, we're still going to go to this wedding. And then plot twists with what ends up happening. But uh, Sweet Tea is in her room with all of her, like, bridal party and her mother and all these people. And she's talking to her mother, Sharita, um, about, like, you know, oh, when Greg to- yeah, asked for, you know, your hand in marriage and all that stuff. And she lays out her confessional that originally she wasn't okay with Sweet Tea dating older men, and then lays out that Greg is actually five years older than her mother. Uh-huh. And that point, I was like, "No, no, uh-huh. you're you're have always been very adamant about like the age differences in relationships." And normally, I'm like, "Oh, but it's not that bad." The, no, you cannot be older than someone's parent. I think that's a that's a hard. Fucking line.
1: That uh, it's a hard fucking line is what it is. Well,
0: exactly. And then the way Sweet T lays out, like, and you know, my dad, though, was all, you know, always on board. You know, he saw Gregory did well for himself. He had his own practice. It was like back in the old days of like trading your daughter for a cow. What? Like, don't call, like, sweetie, you're telling your, like, don't refer to yourself like that. (laughs) Like, also, your family got a cow? Yeah. She is Southern. Well, that's uh, true. But like,
1: <laughs> instead of just a cow, they got a side of beef. <laughs> they got a big deep freezer with a side of beef in it.
0: But also I love that. That's like the testament of like, well, he has enough money. So like, I'm glad that like he's with my daughter. Like it's kind of not like the best endorsement. I get like, that's an old school way of thinking, but like,
1: I honestly think that they are on board because they know, Plan of get in, get pregnant, get out.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> Tie that man down and then divorce his ass. You gotta get everyone together
0: on the same page in that regard. And
1: this uh, dumbass didn't sign a fucking prenup.
0: Yeah. Um everyone's driving, uh getting driven to the wedding. Cecil so at one point I asked Simone, What do you think quad's gonna wear? Because <laughs> of course that is not an impossibility that Quad would have showed up at this goddamn wedding, to be honest.
1: I, honestly, with the way that that Sweet Tea reacted to her at The Bachelorette, I wouldn't have been surprised.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so Damon basically it's like, yeah, you know, I'm missing out on Laura's prom, but, you know, I'm friends with Gregory, so I wanted to make it a point to go to the wedding. Heavenly in the car going, I texted her and I said, you know, girl, everything's going to be over today. She ain't responded. I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, you're about to find out what that means. (laughs) Um, Okay. So they started all arriving. Um, You had a, we'll get Simone's dress. I need, we need to talk about. She looked beautiful. Not for this day because it looked way too much like a wedding dress. You do not wear white.
1: To another bitch's
0: wedding, and I don't know if it was white. I think it was like really, don't, really, it, really. Off it's pink.
1: in the neighborhood of white.
0: Yeah, but it was to me. It was like the crystally like stuff, and like the cut of it. It was like if you think
1: that you could number one walk down the center aisle and everybody go, "Oh, that's a lovely wedding dress." Mm-hmm. If that's believable, wear something else.
0: Something else.
1: And if you can imagine drawing walking down the aisle and you're standing on the middle aisle and it causing an issue with the pictures also wear something else. Yeah. You do Uh, not draw attention. You do not wear something white unless specifically told to by the bride.
0: Yeah, I don't know what you uh, thought about like the other looks. I actually thought Phaedra looked the best. Oh, yeah. I I love the orange with the like, and I normally don't like like big ornate like shoulder pieces, Uh but like I actually thought this was like really well sculpted and like Mm -hmm. pretty. Um and lended to the silhouette. I thought it was one of the best. I thought things.
1: it was understated for Phaedra.
0: <laughs> kind of in a weird way. Like but it was like the best Phaedra's looked, I feel. Um we do see so Contessa and Scott are at the wedding. We do see them, which was mm-hmm. nice. It was nice to see, you know. Did Contessa have a slightly different face? You thought you thought she looked way different.
1: I thought she looked way different.
0: And also was her forehead always that tall? I think maybe. she had that ashley darby forehead Mm. yeah i think uh, i think it was at five six head (laughs) it was at certain angles where i could kind of yeah kind of it was like
1: did uh, did you get your chin shortened or like a jawline something or like cheekbones i don't know there was something structural that was different
0: yeah um they all sit down jackie tells Phaedra, you know you're not the bride today and i'm like jackie you need to talk to your friend Mm -hmm. Phaedra Phaedra's in orange like Mm -hmm. and Phaedra's like I'm the bride every day I'm married to Jesus (laughs) (laughs) I think that (laughs) does Mary Cosby know about this (laughs) and then Phaedra Phaedra, they're going through the programs and Phaedra's like I do funeral programs like this and Simone goes when you married Apollo like you didn't have a program and then Phaedra goes yeah but it was on silk it was engraved (laughs) of
1: course it was
0: but I I love the just like they're still on sweet tea like oh god this looks like a funeral like like that's a really insulting thing to say at someone's wedding but I kind of liked
1: it though like there was a lot of information in there like you could if you got bored you could pick it up and start reading yeah like that's fun because bo- weddings are boring for everybody else involved right honestly
0: and, but Paige is like I mean you know it still didn't last though and then she reminisces about like talk to them about like Apollo and the wedding and like, I guess they I didn't. People, I don't know if they said it originally on Atlanta, but, like, that she knew Apollo since, like, the 12th grade or something. Or I like,
1: didn't know that.
0: Yeah, I didn't know that at all. Like, so, but she, and it was... People
1: are questioning whether he, whether it's revisionist history or not. Mm. But also, at that point, that means that Apollo, at that point, also went to the same high school as Nene. Yeah. Because, famously, there was, like, that whole storyline of...
0: I don't know you. <laughs> yeah that was great uh g uh ends up walking down the aisle uh as they start the ceremony <laughs> love phaedra in the confessional every time he looks at sweetie he's beaming like she's a fresh hot pan of biscuits <laughs> that's a great way to put that <laughs> um but heavenly and damon are at the front as the wedding's starting though and toy and eugene are coming in but the they're going through the list and there's nothing on there for damon or heavenly Toya's so like you were just at the bachelorette party and having like this is bullshit like this is fucked up and like i love also well so and then we find out from sweet tea sweet tea's like so my maid of honor basically told me that like Heavenly was talking shit about my marriage at the bachelorette party, and so, oh, so that
1: was hella stupid for Heavenly to do. You check the room when you're about to say something shady. You look around and see who's around.
0: Sure, but then, not you Heavenly. Don't,
1: you don't say that shit in front of the maid of honor.
0: But it's so it is so crazy that like she disinvited Heavenly, but not Phaedra. Right? Like it just seems Phaedra
1: brought the entire ex-wife.
0: It's just a mess. Sweetie says like she needs to know not to mess with me. Um, Heavenly, uh, I love how they're, they're like, "Oh God, you know, you know," I, sh- I, they're upset, but Heavenly's like, "We ain't gonna make a scene, baby." But then they cut over, and then Heavenly pulls out her cell phone to talk to the party planner, being like, "So, are you, what are you saying? I'm not on the list?" And like, puts the phone in his face, like, "Yeah, I'm not on the list. This is bullshit." Like, <laughs> going full Karen in that regard. Uh-huh. Also, the fact that the fucking party planner—they keep saying Johnny—and I was like. And the way, like, it was spelled J-O-H-N-I-E. And I was like, that feels familiar. Why does that feel familiar? And then I was like, holy shit. Sweet T's fucking wedding planner is Candy's old fucking employee who sued her. Represented
1: by Phaedra.
0: Which now it makes sense of, like, where she got him, the wedding planner from. Like who basically tried to claim that Candy stole the idea for the OLG and like you know didn't pay him overtime and all that shit. Like girl, that is a mess that he is like still on Bravo TV at this point, weaseling right. his way in. Um, to- they Toya and Eugene then sit down though, but they tell Phaedra and Cecil uh, that Heavily got to- Heavenly and Damon got denied at the door. Cecil tells Simone this, and I love that Simone just starts laughing. <laughs> <laughs>
1: cause she's a messy bitch she's like that shit is
0: hilarious <laughs> but Sweet T then is walking down the aisle I actually thought I don't remember much of her dress I actually thought her hair and makeup was very pretty I i, I really like I like the way that she was put together yes Um. but then like they're, they're starting the vows Greg starts with a ah Gregory Lunsford and then we just see Heavenly and Damon sneaking in from the back
1: word on the street is that Production strong armed and said she has to be here. Yeah, and got her in.
0: Yeah, well, also I was more confused of like when they got to the reception, like how she got chair there.
1: They always have extras. Uh, they, they always they? have like an extra, depending on the size. There's a certain percentage over mm. that you make for people showing up unannounced, or you know, there, and then somebody's always going to not show up. Right. So there's always like a margin of error. That's true. So,
0: uh, Toya goes in a commercial. That girl's like a little snake. She slithered her way on in, and I, I, I think this was editing, but I love that she sits down, and there's like Greg and Sweetie are trying to focus, and we just hear the. Hee! like laugh in the background it's
1: like a horror film like in the middle of the night you're trying to go to sleep and you hear like a baby crying in the other room you're like i ain't got no baby what the yeah. <laughs> it was very
0: much that vibe but they get through the wedding they say their vows they kiss they're officially married very sweet um <laughs> David, very sweet tea yeah uh <laughs> damon his confessional basically talks about like you know i'm just happy that i got there in time to see the vows and then heavily going but she went by quick, didn't it? I mean, maybe they got like a discount or something for like a quick wedding and Damon goes, Don't say that, babe. And Evan <laughs> goes, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I love the way that she'll just like drop that shade and just be like, Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <Ooh. laughs> Whoop. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, just slip out. (laughs) They then go to the reception. They're having fun. They love the. They get in the 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 spinning camera like selfie thing where you get in the middle and the camera like spins around you. I love Uh,
1: those. Those are fun. But
0: then they knock it over because they're crowding everybody. That little platform that you have to stand on for that is like yeah
1: this wide. It's not that big. Two feet wide, and they were cramming like eight people on there. And,
0: and Jackie was like, yeah, you got all the big booty girls in there. <laughs> <laughs> um, Heavenly's basically, like, explaining to all them, like, yeah, so basically, I showed him the invitation that, like, I literally got by email, and they were like, you, they were, they took you off the list yesterday. It's like, <laughs> this is some bullshit, <laughs> like, fucked up. And then Heavenly goes, she should be mad at her, pointing at Phaedra, and Phaedra goes, why would she be mad at me? <laughs> And they're all looking at her like, girl, really? Phaedra is like the
1: queen of like being incredulous at the questioning of her when she does some insane shit. She commits. She commits to the bit.
0: And then Simone laying out her confessional. Phaedra would not want us bringing Apollo's girlfriend, wife, or side chick to her party. It's like bringing muddy water to a tea party. And then I remembered oh, wait, this is actually really fucked up on Phaedra's part because remember how pissed she was when Apollo's girlfriend happened to show up at that OLG party and then fully blame Candy for it.
1: Yep. Even though she wasn't on the guest list, she wasn't invited, she just showed up.
0: Yeah. Yeah, come on, Phaedra. Like, no, no one's buying this. um Quad. Oh, they're like, you know, talking more about like, yeah, I just don't think like Quad wanted. They wanted that Sweetie wanted Quad like brought into the conversation in terms of her marriage. And then we cut to what Quad is doing during this, which is she's at her house and there's this full scene of her getting a bubble bath like set up. The producer asks, like, so today is uh Sweetie and Gregory's marriage. What are your thoughts? And she goes. Today's their wedding? Oh, that's nice. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> she is committed to the bit too. She's like, Oh, I am unbothered.
0: I wish all the happiness to the to the Lunchfords. And uh, like one of the only times where I thought like a bathroom scene on like a Bravo show is like really worked. Yeah. Because <laughs> it really was just more of a fuck you moment than anything. Uh-huh. Um it was nice. Um they're all eating and some people were dancing. And is like, Who's that girl over there? And Eugene goes, Oh my God, that's the girl from the strip club. And I was like, are you fucking serious? And they show the flashback sort of thing. And then it cuts back to Eugene going, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. <laughs> I was like, you can't play like that. Eugene." I love that man. <laughs> I, I really believed it for a second um they all get on the dance floor and start dancing and then heavenly oh my heavenly should have let it die but of course she can she then goes up to sweet tea while they're all on the dance floor and heavenly just like don't be like that and sweet tea goes i'm gonna whoop your ass (laughs) like sweet tea i i give credit to sweet tea for keeping her cool in this moment for the most part like being like this woman who literally just crashed your fucking wedding, and, yeah, and uh, she, Heavenly, just like, "This came out nice. Don't make it mad." And and Sweetie goes, "I'm mad at you." And Heavenly goes, "Why? I didn't do nothing, <laughs> bitch." It's so uh, I was like, "Oh, Heavenly, move, move to the other side, dance floor, please, please, g- quickly." Because then Sweetie and her confidante goes, "Sit your ass over there and eat that beef Wellington before I put my foot up your ass." <laughs> <laughs> Oh god, but it's a it's a beautiful party. Uh, sweet tea looked great. It was a fun like the actual like wedding portion. I thought was really fun and sort of like lively and it just, was
1: beautiful wedding.
0: Yeah, really well done. Beautiful gown. Johnny did a great job. <laughs> 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 all that working with candy. I mean, come on. <laughs> oh, I can't believe he was still there. Um, but that uh, was uh, married to medicine for the week. A uh, really really great episode. Like I, like we said, married to medicine just killing it on all fronts.
1: All right, babe. Let's get into these uh, tops and bottoms. Uh, we got a short list to pick from this week. We got just Potomac and Married to Medicine. What are you thinking, babe? I mean,
0: one side's clearly a top and one side's clearly a bottom too. It's well. <laughs> so, uh, honestly. Um, I will start with my bottom. I'm going to give it to. I. I. I I'm going to give it to Robin. I feel like I've given her bottom a lot of times, but I think rightfully says She season. has earned it. She's earned it, and I'm just, like, we. I ranted already, and I've said what I need to say, but I'm just like, I don't see her value on this show, like, genuinely. Yeah. I don't see what she contributes. I don't see the value of having her there, and if she's so committed that her life is so boring and no one needs to talk about her, then she doesn't need to be here. Yeah. And, like, she's just another cog added into this mess of a show right now, so I really could do with less of her. Um, I just, I, yeah, I just don't see the value in her being there. Um. That plain and simple. Um. My top. I'm gonna go and of course go to Married to Medicine, but I'm gonna give it to Heavenly. I I just Ooh. Heavenly is just like undoubtedly one of my favorite reality stars of all oh, time. Yeah. Beyond, beyond that, but like she really, I think makes me laugh more times than not. Like she's just like you know. Continually bringing that hilarious side of things um, and, and, like, the drama with the whole wedding stuff and the way she just rebounded it and made it funny throughout. Like, she yeah. didn't, like, go, like, intense with it and, like, sort of – but still made it entertaining and, like, I just love the way she – the way we kind of talked about, like, how she's able to sort of, like, be this sort of messy and shady, like, plot device while never – you know, you never really being upset with her over, I think it's such a amazing sweet spot that very few people in reality TV can get to. I, I think the closest, the only other person I can think of like that is Tiffany Pollard. Yeah. Like she, where you just like find it hilarious. You can't the be time. mad at them. There's yeah. no way to be mad about it.
1: Um, I, I do like to believe that the laugh at the wedding was real. <laughs> yeah. I think it probably wasn't. But I want to believe that it was.
0: Yeah, because cause Cause it's, so it. it's so heavenly.
1: Because it's so heavenly yeah. to sit down and go,
0: <laughs> just to
1: make sure. Make sure that bitch knew you were there uh-huh. in case she didn't see you walk in.
0: So good. Um, what about you, babe? What are your tops and bottoms for the week? Um,
1: my bottom for the week is also going to come from Potomac. Um, and Shocker. That's, <laughs> yeah. The bottom flop of a show gets all the bottoms for the week. Um, and that's going to be NECA. It's just, it's really disappointing the way she's coming out. Like, I, we knew this drama was coming yeah but we had really decided to give her the benefit of the doubt especially seeing the way that it was advertised beforehand that it was kind of spurred on by uh ashley and all of that but the more this unfolds the more i feel like ashley is an not an instigator but an aggravator after the fact yeah and it just as much as that sucks, that's Ashley, right? We knew that was going to be Ashley. That's what she does every season. Uh, it's what she's good at. It's the reason she's still on the show. Um, these attacks from NECA are nasty, and they're underhanded, and they are, like, beyond the pale yeah. of what we should be doing on reality television. Um, especially amongst black women like i will say it like until i'm blue in the face um black women are the most disrespected demographic in this country yep and constantly underestimated constantly undervalued and for it's one thing to have petty squabbles fine that's why we're watching right it's reality television i mean obviously there's going to be petty squabbles but to go beyond that and your first move out of the gate is to make such a low down nasty awful accusation two of them yeah that just that that's gross to me like that just I, I don't know that she comes back from this. Yeah,
0: I can't see it personally.
1: Um, my top for for the week, though, is someone who did do something low down and nasty. <laughs> Got kicked off of her original show for it. And is now back on our television screens and completely forgiven by everyone but Candy, rightfully so. And that is Phaedra Parks.
0: Any, anything can happen.
1: <laughs> uh, anything can happen, especially if we are to believe the rumors that Nene has fixed her problems with. Anyway, uh, maybe coming back to Atlanta. Oh, right, Um. right, right. right. Um, anyway, um, so we're talking about Phaedra right now, though, not rumors for next season of <laughs> Atlanta. Sorry, got distracted. Um... Phaedra Parks, like, I love this bitch. She, nobody buys her own bullshit like Phaedra Parks. I think, yeah. I think, I fully believe her first season of Atlanta. She had lied so much about the timeline of the pregnancy that she believed it. She believed that child was born at seven months.
0: (laughs) It just happened.
1: It just happened that way, which is, I mean, it happens. Seven months is, like, within viability. So, technically, he could have been two months preemie. But what I'm saying is that child was that term. (laughs) I'm just saying. But, like, look, she buys her own bullshit and sells it to other people like she fully believes it. Right. That woman is a walking infomercial. I love her. Like, nobody – like, I I say this all the time. You have to completely believe your bit. Mm. You have to be so immersed into your bullshit that no one can question you on it. Like, there's no avenue in which they can come at you where you don't have an answer. Yeah. And that is Phaedra Parks. Like, she could tell you that the sky is purple. And she could tell you that grass is pink. And she will swear it until the day she dies. She will never back down from that lie. Even though everyone around can see that that's not true. Doesn't matter. Like, bitch will sell us anything. And we will gobble it up because it's iconic. Um. Yeah, Phaedra Parks. I'm so glad she's back on our television screens. We have missed her for far too long. Um, we were kind of hoping she would end up on Dubai, but I think this is a better option. Yeah, I agree. I think this is a much better option. Um, and I am so excited to see what mess she causes on this show this season. Hey, thanks for tuning in to this episode of A Gay and His Envy. Join
0: us next time for more of our recaps and hot takes. And be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you are listening. And check us out on our social media at A Gay and His MB, on all the platforms. A special shout
1: out to Shane Ivers who wrote Pulsar, the song we use for our theme. I'm Aemon. I'm Merlin. And, and we're, we're out.
0: out. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at SorgatronMedia.com.